This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you with your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASE Certified Master Technician. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Coach Charlie. Uh, How are you doing today? I'm doing great. And, you know, folks may not know Coach. Never heard an auto mechanic called Coach before. But you're a coach because you coach the Clinton. Oh, Coach Clinton and uh, Coach Melton on your Clinton Arrows uh, bowling team. So how are we doing? Well, right, right now, now the boys are ten and zero, and the girls are seven and three, and we're headed to district. All right, and, and uh, I guess how many how many districts are there in Mississippi? There are three. Okay, and then but after three classes. Oh, oh, so okay. there'll be like nine. Nine. Okay. All right. Well, good luck to all the bowlers. We hope everyone plays fair and stays healthy. Oh, we do, too. (laughs) All right. We're talking about transmissions today. Well, I think that's really fun. (laughs) We hope uh, you... I want to know how you cheated bowling. I'm sure there's ways. (laughs) There are ways. If it's a sport, some folks will cheat. They'll find find a way. But I would love to know how how cheating happens in bowling. I'll tell you off air. Right. We're going to talk about transmissions today, and it is so good that Coach is here because all I know is they're expensive and they need to work. Um, And I know there's manual and automatic because we always think of a manual as our... Theft proof. Because nobody knows how to drive them. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, Kevin Farrell and I love to watch Amazing Race. And whenever these contestants are in Europe, where I guess a lot of uh, the population drives a manual stick, the Americans just can't do it anyway. So tell us, tell us about uh, transmissions and. <laughs> What do we need to know to start with? Well, first of all, you need to know the difference between a transmission and a transaxle. Uh, if you have a rear-wheel drive vehicle, they're all going to be uh, transmissions. If you're going to have a front-wheel drive vehicle, it's going to be a transaxle. And the difference is, is that the differential and the transmission on a front-wheel drive are together. And the differential and a transmission are not together on a rear-wheel drive. And so you really need to know what you have if it's a front-wheel drive or a rear-wheel drive vehicle. And these are getting to be much, much more popular. Now, I've, my siblings all went to college in Colorado in the 70s, and they came back with this exotic vehicle called a Subaru. And uh, then my daughter went to college in Vermont, and we would play, uh, is it a Subaru or is it not a Subaru? Because it was usually about 50-50. Now, all, most Subarus are all front-wheel drive or mm. all-wheel drive? Most cars today are front-wheel drive. Most are. Most oh. all cars today are front-wheel drives. Even some of the uh, trucks out there are now becoming front-wheel drives. Okay. All right. And, you know, it used to be you only had the four-wheel drive if you were going mudding and you had to go out and turn the hubs. How, how long has it been since you had to turn the hubs? Oh, it's been years. Okay. Cause <laughs> now everything's done from inside. And the thing is, when you think about transmissions, it's, it's what you're looking for because transmissions used to be three speeds. Then they went to four speeds. Now they're all at nine speed. Nine. nine. Or ten oh, speeds. my gosh. And I never even used uh, the speeds on my 10-speed bike. Oh, my gosh. Nines. Okay. Folks, we are talking about transmissions today. Our email address for questions is auto at 
mpbonline.org. So if you're listening at work and you can't call in, I've got the email open. Just email us. One thing I do know is that when you're looking under the hood, you need to check all your fluids. Tell me about fluids. Well, if you think about fluids on the transmission, a lot of times you can't check fluid levels in transmissions anymore. Uh, it has to do with a shop itself and put it up in the air and they got a plug underneath it that you would take out in order to uh, check the transmission fluid. Now, on a lot of transmissions today, you can still check it, but you got to check it while it's in park while it's warm. You can't check it while it's cold because it has two different levels on it. So you always want to check transmission fluid while it's uh, hot. But so this... Even checking the transmission fluid, is this a job for an expert? Or can people, people, people being me, can people check their transmission fluid? On certain vehicles, you can still check it, but there's a lot of them that you cannot. It has to be in the air, plug has to be taken out, and it has to be follow a procedure in order to check it. So yet another reason to make sure you take your car in for service. For service, yes. Okay. So what... if you can check it, and if it is low, I guess, does it have like a dipstick with crosshairs or something? Or it does has it have a, a fluid level? It has a dipstick with crosshairs on it. And the thing is that, once again, you got to check it while the vehicle's hot and uh, while it's running. Okay, a lot of times people get confused with checking the oil, and they want to check the oil while it's running. No, you do not check oil while it's running. You check transmission fluid while it's running hot and on level ground. Okay. Oil, cold, transmission fluid, hot. Right. Oh, man. Not not a one-stop shop. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> not one stop. And are there, there are different fluid types? And when you start talking about different fluid types, Honda has their own type. Toyota has theirs. So every manufacturer has a different type of transmission fluid for their vehicles. And you want to make sure that you put the right fluid in it. Now, a lot of the aftermarkets, you can go to uh, different auto parts stores and you can buy multi-fluid uh, types. But you just want to make sure you put the right one that's recommended for that vehicle or it will not run. Oh, right. We need to make sure. So if, if you're comfortable enough doing this yourself, you need to have a little bit of extra knowledge. Right. Let's go to Gulfport and see what Barry has to ask. Barry, we're so glad you've called in to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? Hey, uh, yes. I have a 2009 Lincoln MKX. Um, you know, uh, it's, I guess, a four-speed overdrive. So I'm going to call it a four-speed automatic. That's the front-wheel drive. And it does this weird thing. It's had a shifting problem back when my wife used to drive it. And we ended up putting this Lucas Marvel Mystery Oil in it, and it just fixed everything. Every once in a while, (laughs) it would do something weird. But for the most part, it really fixed everything. Um, We actually had it serviced one time at the oil place. They changed the transmission fluid and didn't put that back in it. We forgot. It went right back to slipping and going crazy and so she brought it home, and I put some more Marvel, whatever, Lucas, good old, and it went back to working. But my, my question to you is this. If you driving this vehicle, and you just are at a, whatever, a store or something, and you crank it up, or you're just driven up somewhere, and you just throw it in reverse real quick, and you just it'll hesitate for a second, and it slams so hard. I mean, it feels like the car's coming apart. I mean, it's like you hit it with a hammer, just bang, and it backs up. Um, and I'm thinking the torque converter is kind of like the clutch. And where my, my question is coming here, 
I wonder if I could get away with just pulling it apart, putting a torque converter in it. I'm scared about aluminum parts or something, you know, floating around in the oil, and that's how I would change the oil in the filter. But does that sound like I'm on the right track, you know, with this slamming, and it's only in reverse? Okay, you always want to remember that when you're messing with a transmission, the torque converter does have something to do with that transmission shifting and everything. And as it multiplies power or torque in that torque converter, that's get coming from the engine load. Now, there may be a sensor on that uh, torque converter or in that transmission that is reading the engine load when you uh, put it in reverse, and it will slam like that just according whatever the uh, load of the engine is. You know, is the engine uh, revved up or anything? No, and let me add that to uh, another part of the scenario. If you don't shift it quick, there's no problem. If you just let it sit there and idle for like, you know, I don't know, five or six seconds, and you ease it into reverse, it just, it just goes in reverse like it should. It's oh. just, if you just drop up, stop real quick, and, you know, you're in drive and you put it in reverse, it does it every time. And okay. if the motor's not revved up or not, you know, it's just kind of sitting there at the same speed it would be plugging you and you may be on the right track with that uh, torque converter on there because uh, if people don't understand how torque converters work, they are multiplying uh, torque and fluid pressure going through that uh, transmission. So you may be on the right track on that one. Yeah. Now I will. I will tell. I will tell you the uh, thing when the uh, when you had the transmission fluid changed, and this is where a lot of people get it. They take their vehicle in, have the transmission fluid changed, and now their vehicle doesn't shift right. Well, what has happened, and I see why you put that Lucas um, mystery oil in there, is that the thickness of the transmission fluid is not the same because all the parts and all that has come off the uh, pieces in the transmission, and that is why uh, you got to make that transmission fluid back thick to where it was because a lot of times people run into that same thing where they it does not shift after they have the transmission fluid uh, flushed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, um, that, that's some help right there. You know, at least I've got one other person on my side, but maybe I can do this. Um, I thought about doing a junkyard transmission or just taking it to one of my local shops and getting them to rebuild it. Yeah, I think I would take it to a local shop because the junkyard transmissions, you may have that same problem. You know, right, yeah. So you want to be careful with that. It be known it might be an electronic sensor. Right. The whole thing. Yes, sir. Um, um, and I'll still be right back to square one after spending whatever, six, seven hundred dollars That's right. Um, Yes, yes. Well, um, I don't mean to give a plug for Lucas, but that stuff is great. <laughs> it is some good oil. Tell me this. I mean, it just, I, you know, if you have a transmission problem, try it before you, you know, it might buy you a year or two. But at my point, it's bought me five years. Thanks, right. Barry. We appreciate it. Uh, and not to give a plug to Lucas, did he call it mystery oil? Well, this is, they do have something called marble mystery oil. That's what it's called. Uh, I'm not pouring so. mystery fluid. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. That is the name of one. <laughs> okay. Next. If you've got a question, send us your emails. Auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about transmissions. Is your car under recall? We've got a list of ones that are. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. listening to autocorrect with coach charlie melton i'm liz gill but if you want even more autocorrect find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device autocorrect is heard on mpp think radio thursdays at 10 a.m with a replay saturdays at 11 so only one recall this week it's a ford 2014 and 15 ford fusions and lincoln mkz sedans and 15 ford mustang coupes They've got a problem with their brake lights, and there's a rollaway risk. So you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov recall, put in your VIN, VIN number or find their Safer Car app. We're talking transmissions today. We've been waiting for this show for quite a while, but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Don't forget our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's hit the phones. Let's go to Memphis and talk to Prince. Prince, we're so glad you've called in. What's your comment or question for Coach? How are you doing this morning? And good morning to both of you. Hey. Great. Great, great. Um, I have several uh, several questions I want to ask you real quick. Now, I own a 2008 Avalanche, the, L, the, the, the LT. Never in my life have I changed the transmission fluid on it. Runs maximum. How often do you suggest a person getting their transmission fluid changed or flush? And what is the difference mainly between the flush and the change? That's one where the pan come out and they put a new filter in. Well, I was just thinking about that uh, as from Barry, the last caller. You know, uh, changing transmission fluids will, you know, the thickness of that transmission fluid, like you say, you never had yours changed before and it runs great. Well, you could get in a uh, situation when you change that transmission fluid and filter that it doesn't run so good because of how the viscosity of that transmission fluid is. So what I would do is go by the manufacturer's uh, suggestion and see exactly when they want it changed. And if you have a problem then, or really, if you don't have a problem, I wouldn't do anything with it. Okay. Because it's a Great. 2008 and you had no problems with it, you know. And I do and not. I, I have. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I said I, uh, as talking about transmission fluids, you know, I don't. I let the customer, them, decide if they want to change it because I always tell them that you may have another problem once it's changed. Exactly. Exactly. And, and my second question is to you uh, concerning uh, dealing with transmission. I, I collect classic cars. 
And one of the cars that I own is a 1929 Essence. Beautiful car, uh, but I updated with all the components of a 350 Chevrolet engine with a uh, four-barrel Essex uh, block and a four-speed transmission. But I noticed sometimes when I get in it and I get ready to start it, it'll make that, put it into drive, it'll make that, that jump. But once it makes that jump, everything is okay. Is that a transmission or is that an engine issue? That you know, that was, that was the thing I was going to talk about is that a lot of times your transmission problem is not a transmission problem. It is a engine problem, a mechanical problem. <laughs> now, yours, putting that four-speed transmission in there from Chevrolet, that one there, does it run off vacuum or you, you had does vacuum. it run? Okay, see, that's another thing. Uh, it could be the vacuum changing the governor on that particular vehicle there, you know, because it has a governor down there on the transmission. So what right. I would do is check the governor, and I would go ahead and check the uh, linkage. You know where the uh, throttle itself kicks in, and that okay. throttle and that throttle itself that controls the uh, transmission as well. Okay. And, and the last and final question. I'm sorry for uh, going too long, but that's okay. I, I like to I like to have my cars running immaculate. I, I keep uh, a sheet on everything that I do to my to my vehicles. I own also. I got a 1939 Chevrolet Coupe, beautiful car. Like I said, I love collect, collecting cars. Uh, one of the one of the things that I notice uh, when I if I take my cars to, to certain dealerships, and this just may be the dealership, of, whether it's a transmission specialist or engine specialist. Sometimes, I, me personally, I feel like if I take it to the wrong dealership or the wrong transmission or engine specialist. It seems like they're, I have the same issue, but they want to run a, a different price or say there's something completely different from what the last person, because I always like to get, get a second opinion before I get anything done on my car. And I just wanted to know your opinion on that. Well, that's something that you run, you run across as well. Yeah, it's that's going to happen in all types of businesses. Is that you need to find you a shop that you trust, and you just need to stick with it. Just like if somebody's trying to find a doctor that they trust, it's the same thing. I always relate uh, vehicles to uh, a doctor. You find somebody, you keep them because they're going to take care of you, and they will give you a right price, and they're going to treat you fair. Okay. I, uh, guys, I really appreciate it. And, ma'am, I truly appreciate you giving the opportunity to speak on this subject. Thank you. Well, thank and you so much. Blessing, Seth, and a healthy day. Take care. Thank you. All right. We're going to stay in Memphis and go to Wilma. Wilma, we're so glad you've called into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question for Coach? Good morning. I've got a 2019 Prius, and I normally get between 60 and 70 miles per hour. This morning, it's 22 degrees here. And I'm only getting 48. Is it because of the cold or is there a problem? Well, you know, a Prius, like say, it runs on that battery a lot before um, it... uh that engine kicks in it's according to how much you're using the engine itself the combustible engine are you using it more are you going more miles are you going uh, around town this this is a three and a half mile trip both ways every morning and it's it's normally like i said in the 60s but today coming and going it was 48 
Yeah, and that may be it because, like I say, it may not be warm enough uh, for it. You know, that three and a half miles is not really time enough for uh, Prius or to really get hot, you know, because the engines. It, it didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Engines today need to get up to about 212 to 215 degrees on a constant le- uh, in order to run uh, efficient. Okay, well, I'll stop worrying about it then. Thank yeah, it don't sound like no problem. Yes. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I only live about three miles from work. But, man, my car has seat heaters now. <laughs> That's one thing that they oh made to make gosh. it comfortable for I you. I am so excited about that. I am, I'm, I'm converted. Yes. I, I'm very converted to the seat heaters. All right, let's go to Ridgeland and speak with Ardell. Ardell, thank you so much for calling to talk with Coach Charlie today on AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? Um, well... Uh, thank you for this program. I appreciate it first. Um, so my question is, I have a Toyota Tundra, eight-cylinder, I don't know if that matters, but um, so I have a push button on the inside. It's a two-wheel drive slash four high. That's one button. The other button is a four low. And I was told that I, it's not my primary, I use it as a truck. And so I was told that I should drive it and engage the four-wheel process periodically. And so my question is, do you concur with that? And secondly, how frequently and should I engage the four high and the four low when I do engage it? Well, once again, it's a two-wheel, it's a four-wheel drive vehicle, and if you do not go off-road or you're not driving in snow all the time, you're not using that four-wheel drive. Uh, The four-wheel drive itself is for pulling or slipping or anything like that or trying to get you out of a bind. what happens if you do not use a four-wheel drive at all? Sometimes the uh, motor in the back of the transmission or on the differential itself sits there. It'll stick just like anything else. Water will get in there and rust will build up. And so you should engage it uh, periodically, yes. And what I would do that, you know, just when you get in there about every month or so, just engage it and let it run just for a mile or so and then disengage. And you really don't have to let it run. All you got to do is just push the button so the motor uh, shifts, so the transmission motor shifts. Okay, so so um, to, to hone in on that just a little bit, should I push, should I be engaging both the, the 2WD slash 4 and the 4L, yeah, the you, high and the low? Yes, ma'am, but the 4 high is like an overdrive for four-wheel drive, and the 4L is for a, a low range, and that means it's pulling more. There's more torque when it's in the low range. Yeah, I would just do both of them because all, really all you're trying to do is just make sure that motor is shifting so when you need it, it'll be there. Okay. I'm going for a drive right now. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh-huh. Fantastic, Ardell. Maybe maybe when the change of the month comes, you That's... could uh, do it then. Let's go to Vicksburg and talk to Andrew. Andrew, thank you so much for holding and for calling in to AutoCorrect to talk with Coach Charlie. What's your question? Uh, yes, sir. I have, um, I'm working on a car, or I'm building an old uh, classic car, and uh, on a torque converter for a transmission, like on a, what's the difference on a lockup and a non-lockup torque converter? 
Okay, well, a non-lockup, that means that it's just turning all the time. That if you really, if you ever never looked into a torque converter, a torque converter is like a turbine. Okay, right. and as, I got one right on the lap right now. <laughs> okay, as the blades are turning one way, and then you, the fluid starts flowing through it, and they get faster and faster, and that's what multiplies the torque going to the transmission and tells the transmission when to shift. Okay, now the lockup torque converter that is going to matter of fact it stays locked up until there's a certain load on the transmission and the engine, and then it unlocks and free wheels. So what would be the best to have just for just a, somebody that don't really care? <laughs> uh, well, are you using uh, electronics on this new car that you're building? Uh, oh, no, no, this is a class. No, sir. It's a uh, it's 1970 uh, Dodge um, uh, 360 engine. Uh, yeah, Chrysler had a... Uh, the, they had that uh, transmission. Uh, I forgot the name of that one, but they had a transmission that, that used a lockup transmission uh, torque converter uh, in tor- there. Torque flight. It's yeah, torque flight. flight. There you go. And they used yeah. a lockup uh, torque converter. So lockup be good. Okay. Right. So either okay. one's going to work. It's just multiplying okay. that uh, pressure going to that uh, transmission. And for high performance, would lockup be better? Uh yes. Lockup. Okay. Okay. And one other quick question on on spark plugs. You know they have this single platinum double triple does it really matter well you know it's according how hot the spark plug is every vehicle and every manufacturer has a a hotness range on that uh spark plug you know you do have some cold ones and if you think about how you tell if they're cold or hot spark plugs according how long the threads are going into the cylinder if they're short they're going to be hot if they're long they're going to be uh cold you know so they dissipate the heat but every uh, you just need to really find out what how hot that uh, spark plug is supposed to be in that uh, vehicle. Okay. Okay. Anything else? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, thank you for calling. Thanks, Andrew. You know the previous hour we had creature comforts talking about map turtles i don't know that i'm ever going to see a map turtle but it was fascinating to listen to i don't think i'm ever going to you mess with my torque converter (laughs) but it is very interesting to listen to our email address where you can send us your questions about your torque converter or your miles per gallon or whatever you'd like to ask a question about the address is auto at mpbonline.org. We are talking about transmissions today, but that's just between your car repair questions. What's in the news? I'll tell you next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing a doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. 
Hanging on to a vehicle you can't drive feels like a dream where you try to run but can't. Rather than hit the snooze for another year, why not donate your car, truck, or other vehicle to MPB and wake up to great television and radio? Call 877-MPB-4-CAR or go to mpbonline.org support and click on Donate a Vehicle to support the programs you count on morning and evening. Now that's a good dream. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired from Clinton High School's automotive technology program, is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. And we hope that you have downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. You can listen to our show live. You can listen to recordings. But you can also hit that support button to contribute to me. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. So in the news, uh, bad weather results in road closures, but modern navigation software simply doesn't take no for an answer. And so Google Maps, among other navigation companies, has sent drivers down sketchy, dangerous paths to reach their intended destinations. So in my opinion, if you're traveling this winter, please make sure you have a paper map and double check any reroutes to ensure they aren't taking you on to logging trails. This happened to a friend of mine. She likes to go uh, uh, hike the APT, and they were going there. And the Google sent them down the logging track, and then they got stuck, and then the... You hear about this like in Nevada. When something's closed in the mountains, they send them down random paths. Well, there's a lot of times if the uh, GPS is not updated in your car, that's how you get lost and send you somewhere else. So you want to be careful. We're talking about transmissions. Email us your questions. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. Okay, so the Beach Boys have a song that says she's a four-speed dual-quad Positraction 409. So, you know, what does that mean? I know know what a four-speed is. What is dual-quad? That's your carburetors. Okay, that's the carburetors, and the 409 is the engine. And then we talked about the four-speed transmission, and then we talked about the Positraction rear end. Okay, that's that's the two Positraction they— wheels turn both wheels turn all right there you go um now you know we had a call earlier about was it the one where the guy was putting it reverse and it lurched or is that the stall well a lot of racers you know there's a lot of people who's rebuilding the custom cars they they put a stall and that's a stall torque converter and what that does that the engine's rpms will pick up and they'll get real high before the transmission engages and that is called a stall so you know different people put different type torque converters for that reason and, and then the transmission will run according to how many RPMs. I like the my own torque converter. I don't think I need <laughs> I need a different one. Let's go to the phones. Uh, we got oh we're full up. Uh, who who we got next? Let's go to Chris in Alabama. Chris, we're so glad that you've called in today. What's your question for Coach Charlie? Uh, I got a question. Um, I'm a rule carrier and I drive a 2016 Toyota Rav4. And my question is. 
if I were to do a drain and fill, do I need, could I go to just a regular auto mechanic or do I need to go to a transmission shop or a dealer? What would be the best option for that? Well, I think I'd go to the, either the dealer or a transmission shop that knows that particular transmission because there's a lot of transmissions now that even to fill the transmission, the vehicle has to be running. Uh, I'll give you a good example. Ford uh, uh, F-150, you would have to have the vehicle in the air pull out a drain plug and the transmission sucks the transmission fluid up in the transmission while it's running from underneath the vehicle. Okay. So if people don't know exactly how those transmissions uh, work, I will, you know, you may run into more problems. Okay. And my other question is, is since I'm delivering mail and stuff, I make roughly 500 stops a day in 92 miles. Would I, and I don't know if this particular vehicle has a transmission cooler on it but would a larger transmission cooler or just a transmission cooler in general help extend the life of it well is the engine running hot that's the thing uh, most things have a most cars now have a transmission temperature gauge on them if the transmission temperature is not running hot i wouldn't change a thing because the thing is on those uh coolers the transmission itself goes through the radiator. The fluid goes through the radi- radiator. It cools off and goes back in the transmission. And it has to be a certain temperature as well. So what I would do if the uh, if it's not recommended from the manufacturer, I wouldn't put one on there. Okay. Well, I just didn't know with me having unusual driving uh, conditions. I didn't know if it would change anything. Well, All right. This is what a lot of people don't think about is that the manufacturer puts those cars through a course and they put them under all types of conditions when they uh, manufacture those cars to make sure that what they need. Okay. All right. That's all I need. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Bless you, Chris, and all of our mail carriers, package delivery folks. The pandemic and the Amazon explosion has really given you a workout, and we hope you are extra safe, especially on the rural routes, and folks give you clearance when you're you're stopped. So thank you, Chris, for your vocation. Oh, Coach, Coach, we are in for a treat. We've got our friend Mike on the line. Mike has been a guest on autocorrect before he's a windshield guy and he listens to us sometimes he calls in and gives us little tips mike happy new year thanks for calling in today well thank you miss liz um i i was listening earlier with the, the lady that called in and i think she was in Memphis with the prius mm-hmm. talking about her, her fuel economy was up and down or whatever because of the cold and this is just my experience i i fly um quadcopters you know little drones or whatever and i know that um when it gets cold, our, the, the battery life is extremely lower when it gets really cold. And I think it's because it's lithium-based cells or whatever. And I think that they're I'm, – and I'm positive that the, you know, the Prius runs on a lithium – I think it's lithium-ion, not lithium-polymer, same difference. So, um, but, yeah, it definitely affects the, uh, our flight time when it gets really cold. And uh, these guys are even putting – like uh, little hand warmers, <laughs> and they're you know the little kinds you shake up or whatever, and they'll wrap the batteries in those hand warmers just to keep the batteries warmer as you fly, and gives that that lifespan back. Um, and I did have a question for Coach. Uh, this is just something that came up while I was driving here, um, and I'm pulled over now. <laughs> but uh, I've got a 2000 Chevrolet pickup, and the gauges intermittently will not work and will work like my fuel gauge, speedometer, the tag, 
the only thing really that reads is my voltage and my oil pressure. Um, and every once in a while, it'll, it'll shift through. Like the first the first time I crank it in the morning, as soon as I take off, it'll shift in a second, and all the gates will pop on. And it'll work all the way to from iron to pearl. And then if I turn it off and crank it back up, nothing works again. And it gives me second, third, fourth, but no overdrive, no first gear. I can I can manually shift down into first when I take off, and then throw it up into drive, and it'll shift through. But I never get over I never get overdrive. I never get first gear if the gauges aren't working. When the gauges are working, it works perfect. And I've heard that the stepper motors in the in the thing will freak out, and I can easily fix that. But I don't think that's what it is because it works sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. So it's not like they they all work when they work. But I don't know if it's like bad ground or whatever and i've heard from some other mechanic buddies of mine that that that's an issue with this truck and uh just kind of wanted to see what you thought or had even heard of the issue before you know uh, general motors is having a problem with those uh, consoles and all those gauges on there uh, it's not just uh the gauges it's the radios as well uh, just coming on and going off and changing uh where they should be uh on that you're having a problem most likely with uh computer maybe the ground of the computer itself because it sounds like a driver or the elect the ground itself going to the computer maybe cutting off intermittently that there could be a loose connection and what i would do i would check that uh connection on that pcm because the PCM is what controls the transmission uh, with the TCM of that transmission. So uh, that's what I would check and just to see if I have a bad ground somewhere. Because that's what it sounds like to me. I've done a little bit of Googling. I've done a little bit of Googling about it. And, uh, you know, they're like the, the strap from the, like the ground strap under the hood and the, just like all kinds of different things and i've checked quite a few of them and don't can't seem to come up with anything well on that, those, that's something i've not heard about is that, you know just straight up the ground and straight to the computer so yeah what do you got yeah. do you have uh you have several grounds on that vehicle you even have them by the door if you look right. under if you move some of those um covers you'll see where the grounds are uh several of them are different places by the kick plates and stuff like that Right, right. But it sounds like something right off the computer itself because, like I say, the transmission and the PCM, they all work together, and so that's what I would check. It's just really odd that, that the gauge, it seems, you know, the gauges stop working and I lose my gears. And right. It's just it's really weird, you know. I'm like, that, that doesn't even seem related at all, but of course. Yeah, but that goes that goes through that PCM. A good deal. Hey, hey, check, I appreciate another you thing I would Thanks. tell you real quick, check the body control module on that. Ah, okay, okay. I'll, de- I'll definitely get somebody on that. I'm not, I'm not exactly a mechanic, but right. uh, semi, semi mechanic. I only work on one part of a car, but you know, I kind of half-ass know what I'm looking at. Excuse my language. Sorry, Liz. Sorry. Thanks, <laughs> Mike. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. I know in Mississippi, we're Southtown, but I guess in a lot of the northern states, they plug in their cars at night or put some kind of thing, some kind of heater on their engines or their batteries when it's super cold. Yeah, you hear a lot about that. They're doing uh, block heaters, mm-hmm. and the block heaters, what they do, they heat up the block so the block will be warmer, so it will crank so the oil's not as thick. Okay. Okay, so they will crank up a little easier. Now, I like what he said about that battery, and like I told the one with the Prius is that the vehicle hasn't warmed up enough and like I say she's not even going to get the engine's not even going to come on until she goes above 40 miles an hour on that Prius anyway so that's running off that battery. Okay. 
we are discussing transmissions and taking your repair questions. Don't forget you can send us an email anytime, auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. This week we're driving a Jeep Wrangler that's like no Wrangler before. It's the 2021 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon 4XE plug-in hybrid. And on the outside you'll only notice two things are really different about it. You'll see the light blue tow hooks on the front and you'll see a plug on the side. So you plug in, you'll get 22 miles all-electric range and that's before the two-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine fires up. Total system output with the electric system plus the four-cylinder engine is 375 horsepower and 470 pound-feet of torque. So you've got plenty of power to get down the road or do some very serious off-roading. Fuel economy is not bad for a vehicle like this. From full charge to empty gas tank, you're looking at 49 miles per gallon equivalent. Running just gas, you're about 20 miles per gallon. And being a Rubicon, you've got some other nice off-road tricks. You've got locking front and rear differentials and disconnecting sway bars. So you can really go hit those trails as hard as you want to. Well, this is the top Wrangler, so let's talk about price. The 4XE starts at $51,000. This one all in, $69,545. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Some of the big names that travel up and down the highways, obviously Elvis and Johnny Cash, and you have Jerry Lewis, Hall Perkins. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Johnny Cash suggested that Carl write a song called Blue Suede Shoes that was all kind of created with Aaron Amory. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is AutoCorrect. Hey, if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show on our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 with a replay Saturdays at 11. I'm Liz Gill. Our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, SASE Certified Master Technician. But now it's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Tip of the week this week is air filters and cabin filters. You want to get rid of that musty smell in your car? Change the cabin filter. Those are one of the filters that we just sort of bypass a lot of times. But if you change that cabin filter, it's usually behind the uh, glove box 
or it's right outside the uh, under the hood right by the windshield so change that cabin filter and change that air filter on that engine so that engine runs better now the oil filter you change every time you change the oil is that right you change the oil filter every time you change the oil and the air filter how often do you do that it's it's according what type of environment you're driving in you know if it's a real dusty environment you want to change it uh, very often but if it's not you want to change it every time that or at least look at it every time you change your oil great all right let's go to madison and talk to hugh hugh thanks so much for calling into autocorrect go ahead good morning good morning Uh, i have a i have a 2017 honda pilot with about ninety-seven thousand miles on it uh, when I park on an incline, set the parking brake, uh, when I let uh, the parking brake off and with it still in park, it's got a pretty significant roll back or roll forward. Have I got a problem I need to be worried about? It only does it on a hill. Just say if you're at a stop sign with the engine running, is it uh, fine uh, while it's in drive? It doesn't roll back while it's in drive? That's correct. So it does roll back. Uh, how far does it roll back? No, excuse me, excuse me. If I'm in drive, it does not roll back. Okay, when does it roll back? In reverse or what? Uh, when I when I take the parking brake off, uh, when I'm parked on an incline, okay, and I take the parking brake off before I shift, that's when it'll roll on me. Okay, uh, they will move just a little bit. They shouldn't move a whole bunch, but they will move just a little bit. Your main concern is that if you're at a red light and you're on an incline and it's in drive, as long as it don't roll back there, you're good. You know, but you okay. want to if it uh, continues to roll back while you have it in park, you know, they will roll back a little bit, but not a whole bunch. Okay, so my safety concern is it happens while it's in drive. Right, while you're sitting at a red okay. light and there's a car behind you. So. Okay. Okay, so that doesn't have any. I'm, I'm coming up on a hundred thousand mile warranty here. Uh, that doesn't have anything I ought to be worried about to take it in and let them see. Well, if it's under warranty and it's a powertrain warranty, I'd go ahead and take it in because if your warranty goes out and you do have a transmission problem, then you got to pay for it. Right. So I, I'd okay. go ahead and take it in just to have it checked. Okay, thank you so much. Yes, sir. We love those warranties. Hey, listen to our warranty podcast. Let's go to Gulfport and talk to Richard. Richard, thanks for calling in. Hey, Coach. How hey, you doing? Good. Uh, good. $19.95. Oops, Richard, we're losing you. A 95 what? Uh-oh. Dodge Dakota. Got it. Me? Fine. Um... Uh, it's got, you know, uh, HDI ignition, V8, <clears throat> automatic transmission, uh, four-wheel drive, nice little truck. Uh, but my problem is, years ago, three or four years ago, coming home from Atlanta, it died. You know, it started spitting and sputtering, and then it died. I had to get it towed home to go for it from whatever, Alabama somewhere. And, <clears throat> excuse me. I put a coil on it just out of kicks, you know, by checking things, and it fired right up, and it ran again for another three or 400 miles. Um, it did it again, and just out of, you know, what happened before, I changed the coil again, and it fired right up, and it went another three or 400 miles. <clears throat> so progressively through the years, it has gotten worse and worse, and I probably have put 15 coils on this truck. And I'm not saying the coal is the problem, but it absolutely has fixed the problem. But now, it's at home, I've got another vehicle, 
and it just stays around the house. And it's progressively gotten worse to the point of now you crank it up and within just warm-up time, normal warm-up time, to get, you know, to 180 or 200, it starts spitting and sputtering and dying. Um, and I'm, I'm just at a baffle. Uh, I haven't really done nothing to it. Uh, people told me the center on the transmission, the distributor. Um, I have changed the brain in it back before this, uh, the, the little computer brain, but um, I'm just thinking, do you have any thoughts on any of this? So you changed the ignition control module on there? That's in the, uh, does the it, it has the box on the uh, firewall? The fender. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but so, that was before this problem. That was before this problem. Okay, um, well, what I want you to do is take that um, control box out and look underneath it and see if it's melted. Now, you do have a problem there sometimes. You can tell if they're, if it's starting to melt. And I would look at that uh, distributor cap and see, look at that rotor and all on that distributor cap. Yeah. Because right. once it right. burns, it'll do the same thing. It'll start getting hot, and it'll uh, burn that coil. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and But when it burns that coil, in theory, you would think it wouldn't crank up, right? You know, in other words, it cranks up, and it runs perfectly fine for, let's just say, five minutes, ten minutes. Now, you know, it used to be three or 400 miles, but it's just progressively gotten worse. So is that something that... Does that eliminate that coil issue? You know, I mean, well, 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 yeah. What happens on that coil? Thirty, 30 is that, seconds, guys. That coil gets hot, and that's when it breaks down, and when it gets hot. Okay. Okay. So right. I'll check that distributor. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, Richard, we appreciate you calling in. Man, time flew by, didn't it, Coach? It did. <laughs> we love it when folks call in. We're so glad that you could talk about something I have absolutely no idea about and hope to never need any of this information. But it was interesting to know that you know all about it. <laughs> well, I hope that you don't need none of it, and if you do, we're here to help you. Excellent. Yay! That wraps us up for today's AutoCorrect. Thank you, Kevin Farrell, for doing our phones. Thank you, Jay White, for being our board engineer. And thank you for our volunteer, Coach Charlie. Charlie's retired. He could be out bowling or fishing or doing whatever he wanted to do, but he comes here and answers your question. We thank Coach Charlie for that. I'm Liz Gill. This is my day job. <laughs> thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Thank you. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.